Well, hello, everybody. Hey. Uh, so Matt got just a great night's sleep last night, and uh, they're running on full on a full tank. Yeah, balls to the walls. Yeah. I did this to myself. You're only you're only young one time. What did I do? Oh, just pull the mic down. Heard, heard. Yeah, that's already better. Um, I feel like it's like the start of every Rogan podcast when he's like, just bring the mic to your he's face. Like, one fist away. One fist away. Bring fist it to your away. face. And he's like having to tell them over and over again. And I'm just like, doi. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Uh, yeah, I've been uh, running on like two hours of sleep. But I'm actually in like the headspace now where like I got so much productive stuff done today that I'm like fine with it. I know I'm going to sleep well tonight. So it's not the end of the world. Right. There is a thing. There's a thing with sleep, though, that's like really fascinating to me. Uh, Like every indigenous culture has like a sacred relationship with sleep. And then like it's distilled as like the evolution of like culture. I, I mean, I'm no anthropologist, but this idea that like as cultures become more quote unquote sophisticated or more integrated with the idea of technology that like dreams are less potent as far as like interesting their their meaning and their message and i think that there's a correlation between dreams and sleep and oh, yeah. uh, and so oh, i mean obviously but like <laughs> but but even more like for me like when i get a quote unquote good night's sleep when i feel rested in the morning it doesn't feel like i have like a ball of energy that i didn't have before it feels like i my desire to be here is more than it was yeah that is interesting. Um, I've been sleeping a lot better ever since I got a dog. Fair enough. Um, also, congrats. That's so thanks. exciting. It's fun to have She's them so around. Cute. Just she like wedges in between the covers and just curls up full body under the covers. And yeah, it's, it's what I've been needing, I think, a lot. Do you think that animals have souls? Yeah. What do you, like, can you expand on that? Well, I think they're a piece of, um, if everything is consciousness, they are a piece of consciousness that wanted or needed to incarnate like that. Or, in our own reality, (laughs) we are the only conscious being and we manifest things such as animals who act as, like, mirrors towards us. That's more where or it's both. Yeah, r- probably sure, both. Sure, yeah. I've, I've thought I've contemplated both those things. I've also like, I don't know. I can't help but like looking in animals' eyes and see that there's something in there. All of them. Oh, for sure. All of them, for dude. Sure. It's like crazy. Like when you see a dog that's like obviously been either abused or neglected, and you like look at them, and they're genuinely they just look at you like, oh, I can't even explain what it feels like. And I, for me, I like empathize with an, that animal yeah. like i don't know what that animal's been through but inherently it's telling a story with the way that you look at it like or how they behave yeah like if it, you raise your hand and then they flinch but you're like just picking something up off the counter yeah it's it's intense so the, i ha, i've had this idea before that like animals are an extension symbolically of our spirit mm. so like the idea of whether or not animals have souls is no void partially because we're seeing our own soul projected onto these like yeah bodies right at least partially yeah and so it's uh, like when you see that abused animal and you're like yeah you, you see hurt yourself. with that you see yourself yeah, yeah. well yeah the other dog that we have here beans we think he was abused just by the way he acts sure. so like anxious at all noises we open the trash can he like flinches and runs away like really i went to like pet him with my foot and he just ran off like Mm. so 
I'm glad he's with us now. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I just... Yeah. Anyway. Okay, so this... Um, so I was thinking about this lately, like quite a bit. Um, so a lot of New Thought... Most of like the the major hits of the New Thought literature came out between like 1900 and 1950. Um, and I'm wondering if it correlates with some of the problems that we have today uh, in capitalism. And um, I will, I'll talk about why. Um, so the, probably the most well-known um, self-help new thought book is Think and Grow Rich. Um, and the main technique in there is you have a list, uh, or not a list, but you have an affirmation and just the gist of the affirmation is you you have a date by the time you want a certain amount of money, and then you list the service that you'll provide for the money, and you'll affirm that you will enact plans to get that money. Um, so, like, an example would be by, like, October 10th, 2022, um, I shall have an in annual income of $100,000, um which I will receive periodic progression towards in the interim. In exchange for this money, I plan on giving high-quality IT and programming services. Um, I believe I will have this money. I can see it flowing into my bank account. It is waiting transfer to me in proportion that I deliver the goods and services I intend to render for it. I'm enacting plans to accumulate this money as soon as the plans are revealed to me. Um, and yes, that is my own. That's why I was able to say it so fluidly. Um, but here, here's the problem with it. So like you have think and grow rich and then you have a businessman. Um, one of Napoleon Hill's partners, his name was uh, W Clement stone. And I think he ran an insurance company and he got enamored and infatuated with, uh, Napoleon Hill's work to the point where he gave copy. He had like mandatory copies given out to all of his employees in his huge company and had them work on it. Now here's where the problem is. So he's an insurance company and he, so all of his employees are, you know, like by this date, I will have this much money. And what I intend to render for it is selling insurance. So this is the implication. If like, imagine like with the uh, Neville Goddard, if imagining creates reality, they are literally creating people who will like be forced to buy insurance or become dependent on insurance kind of unconsciously. So now like you look at like Coca-Cola who sells, I mean, you know, it's delicious, but it's an extremely, one of the most unhealthy products that you can possibly purchase. And, um, I don't even think it was meant to be more than a once in a while sort of treat but now you have people drinking 32 ounces or more a day and it's causing them terrible health problems. Um, but I mean, Coca-Cola was used as an example in Think and Grow Rich. So what if you have all these people who they're doing this method, but by like saying these after affirmations, like, oh, we're going to hit a $1 billion in sales by selling Coca-Cola. So you manifest essentially people becoming addicted to sugar and caffeine your product unconsciously um what else fast food 
sugar fattening foods uh healthcare system stuff well in the same tune of like the idea with capitalism i i had a thought it's funny that you say this because this is something i've been thinking about the last like week so did you see that elon musk tesla bought 1.5 billion dollars worth of bitcoin yeah i'm glad i bought bitcoin before that yes <laughs> yes so that uh, it's still not going to bubble. That's good for Bitcoin right. as a as an idea, right? Uh, in my opinion, um, my problem though with and I do not like Elon Musk. Um, yeah, he's problematic. He's for sure. extremely pro- pro- problematic, and he like his whole thing with like the Bolivian coup, how he wanted the United States to infiltrate Bolivia and delegitimize their election because they uh, they uh, voted in a socialist. I forget his name off the top oh, of my geez. head, but uh, they voted him, or they the United States tried to insurrect a coup there. It failed, right? Because uh, there's a huge uh, lithium deposit. There are huge lithium deposits, of course, there, and they want them for the batteries. Like Elon Musk literally tweeted one time, "We'll coup whoever we want." When somebody was like, "Hey, this is like really like problematic that you're a, you're celebrating this delegitimization of democracy for monetary gains," and he literally responded on Twitter with that. I mean, we're talking the quote unquote, the richest man in the world. Right. And he's talking like that. It's just so absurd. But can you come back to this idea of like intention setting and the unintentioned, unintended consequences of this kind of behavior? Like Mm -hmm. this is the thing that grosses me out the most about Elon Musk. He's most well known for the Tesla, right? Mm-hmm. The next big thing that he's known for is SpaceX. Like this, they're getting rocket ships and they're going into outer space. Mm -hmm. Okay. Why do you think that he's so fascinated by space? Well, this can get conspiratorial, but I th- I'm wondering if they're sort of backed by like the intelligence agencies to essentially be the private vector which this technology is supposedly introduced and innovated when I think they've been sitting on the technology for decades. I think <clears throat> I think you're right. I would add I think that like the Elon Musk business model, the Elon Musk mentality, the Elon Musk social circles they have rat fucked this whole entire globe of resources and they know that we're about to enter into the biggest climate catastrophe in human civilization and they want to be able to get off the ride. Yeah. I think, I that's think a part that, of that is literally why Elon Musk is so fetishized, like fetishizes space so much. This well, whole he idea, talks like, about that. He, he wants he to says get we, off this planet. He says humans in a few interviews he says humanity has to have a backup plan in case earth fails yes and i think it's a good goal i I like at what cost though because that this is the thing is is that that creates this whole new hierarchical structure of that of greed and it's like i just think it's gonna pull the wool so far over people's eyes and we're gonna end up like that did you ever see that movie elysium with matt damon yeah it was really good fantastic but i think it was I think it was done by people who know the implications of some of this stuff. Yeah, I do too. Um, But I also think it was a metaphor for today because like feasibly we have enough wealth to feed and clothe the entire human population. Yeah. But it's just not happening. And it's not allocated correctly. Um, Especially with automation happening, you know, mass farming automation could feasibly feed every single mouth. Well, it's like, I'm, I'm always wondering too, cause you know, like if you look at the, like, if you look at the thematic unraveling of history as we know it 
and you look at all of these major events that have happened, whether it's like the Bolshevik Revolution or the French Revolution, the American Revolution. I try to, I, it's not fair to lump all three of those together, but right. Um, the point that I'm getting at is there's like a time when like the people get punished in the bad, th- like for the bad behavior and it's been drawn out just enough. And I feel like yeah. we're at the climax of the story, either that or we're in the third act. Because something has to change. Because it's like, it feels like a rolled doll book, kind of. You know, like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, like Matilda or something. Mm-hmm. Where, like, the uh, the main character Daddy, has been. Leave it alone. We got my dog in here. The, the main character is being punished right. throughout the book, right? Punished, punished, punished. And then the the villain ends up getting punished in, like, a really childish way. That's, like, the thing about rolled doll. Again, controversial apartheid stand, but I can appreciate right. the. Uh, affect or at that aspect of right. his work okay i just don't know what happens to stop this like cataclysmic damnation from occurring like there has to be something huge you know um i think this has been my opinion that's been forming that i've been sort of mulling over for a few months now i think everyone has to learn magic I think we're going. I think we're uh, entering a spiritual renaissance in a, but on an individual level, to, yes. to where your spirituality is basically customized. discovered and yeah, customized to, to your own needs, your own inherent belief system. Well, yada I, yada. I read something really interesting today too, and it makes me think of like the spiritual revolution that we're going through. Um, if you look at the '60s and you look at Woodstock and shit like that, and you see all mm-hmm. the pictures of Woodstock and you go, "Oh, that was so cool!" Like that they did that. Okay. Um, the real people that were there at the time, uh, they, they didn't go to Woodstock. The poor people didn't go to Woodstock. They were, they were in Vietnam. Yeah. Like like, that, that was all the bourgeois assholes that run shit now Yes, are all the cute ones that you see the Woodstock pictures of and you go, Oh yeah, you were free and liberated. But what they did who voted in Nixon and voted in (laughs) Reagan. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Oh yes. And, um, I can't but think with all the psychedelia that was occurring at the time in that quote unquote spiritual revolution that they recognized what they could potentially do if they like submitted their will. And that generation was just like, okay, we're going to do this. Mm. Cause if you look at like boomers as an identity, like I've said this before, like the re that is literally a lost generation that is fatherless. And that's so, and and that's the reason that like boomers have this mentality. They have to have a fucking savior for everything like first it was fucking like oh shit i don't even know at one point in time it was fucking larry the cable guy you know like <laughs> yeah. they picked the or jeff fox where they picked like the well, biggest they had, dipshits well it's and it's it, an archetype yeah. of of like a working self-made man yes and then but then they but, picked donnie and that like yeah c- crushed their whole identity when they picked donald yeah and it's like but now they're looking so like the vacuum right now that i feel from like the boomer conservative like piece of our collective consciousness is that they are looking for another daddy and it's going to end up being the my pillow guy like mark my words it's going to be the my pillow <laughs> guy like and, and it, did you see they cut him off some news source because he was spouting like so much yeah because the fact check yeah it was false it was shit. newsweek and they didn't want to get sued for libel because he's been sued so many times in the last like three weeks he got sued by uh dominion the ones who um built the voting machines that they've been right yeah they straight up sued him yeah they've sued donald too i mean i my opinions on like what's going to happen to the conserv that neoconservative movement 
I have changed over the last like maybe two to three weeks because I genuinely think that they are starting to implode on in themselves and like well if they start the Trump party that will tear them to shreds for a while dude I don't for know a if, while I don't know if they're gonna do that I think Donald loves the accolades of like getting to handpick people yeah and and having his seal it, of it's approval just, it's just a power play it's, yeah it's, Donald it's, wants to just be the puppet master he's, he's playing that, house on just a, a massive scale yes that's it. yes I mean that's basically what he did that's his, his whole shtick yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. He he's, loves, he's playing a role that he thinks he's acting yeah he's acting yeah but he's not like in, in no way qualified for no. anything that he's doing no I, I mean I if there's one thing that I gained from especially from these first what are we in the first 50 days of the Biden administration yeah um, the biggest takeaway that I've had from all of this is uh, they're all actors they're all bad faith actors yes they none of them actually do anything or give a shit that includes no. that includes Bernie Sanders with all yes. due respect that includes AOC they're all full of shit dude all of them well it, I it's just like even I, I don't know a broken clock is right two times a day so it's like I well, they say the right things because it appeals to people's emotion. And the way that they say them, like, dude, like, AOC's changed the cadence of the way that she speaks to be more appealing on television and on TikToks yeah. and on Instagram. Well, like, and, literally and Obama the way, did that. Yes. And, like, dude, I mark my words, there's going to be an evolution of AOC's speech video that comes out within the next year. And it's going to show how from when she first started to now and how she's, like, changed the way that she, like, yeah. does her social media presence to be more, like likable which is oh look okay that's not my issue my problem is is like all that's doing is increasing her brand's notoriety well that's all it is that's all they want and it's so selfish bernie included dude that's like the biggest pinhole well, for me on that that comes back to this idea though with like with like new thought occultic principles for me though is like genuinely no gods no masters because i did this i i suppose the reason that i'm so like invested in this is because i did this myself yeah i thought bernie was going to solve my problems you take full responsibility for your thoughts and actions right. and your own karma. Your and own. liberation happens from inside of you, not from yeah. outside of you. Well, that's, yeah, I, I think there has to be a certain percentage of the population that wakes up, and I don't mean like woke politics, but I mean wakes up to their own actual spiritual power. Yes. Um, I think, I, I think about like how conservatives feel right now, like wins out of their sails. Donald's legacy is tarnished. Oh yeah, forever. He genuinely and didn't anyone do, in the future looking back on this time in history, it's it's just going to be laughable. And he all he did was tarnish the legitimacy of American exceptionalism and American nationalism. That I'm very thankful for. Yeah, because he really exposed like how lame it is to like get quote unquote yeah. choked up listening to the national anthem. And I understand that there's people that are going to hear that and be offended by that. That's fine. You're valid. The point that I'm making is like this extreme neo-nationalism of like this American pride. I'm not talking about being proud of like your heritage, like having lived here. I'm talking about this idea of like hero worship of our military like and I'm, I'm really venturing out because these are my opinions but like the hero worship of our police force in this country like it's uh, it's all yeah. tied to the same trope of like we're the best number one we're gonna go fuck shit yeah. up we're gonna beat these motherfuckers up you know and it's just like e well, enough that image was curtailed essentially by intelligence agencies who understood the principles of propaganda and hypnotism yes and uh, then they propagated it through uh, media sources and through i mean disney worked with 
the government to create pro-America propaganda yes. in the 40s during it's World on War YouTube. II. You can yeah. see it on YouTube. It's weird. It's very perverted. You see, like Donald, not Donald Trump. Well, maybe Donald Trump. Donald Duck in Donald the machine Duck. factory. Well, wasn't he wearing a swastika at one point? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Funny, I said Donald Trump. Freudian yeah, slip. Right. Right. But, uh, <laughs> right. Right. Um, no, it's so weird, dude. It's so weird. Um, and it's it's extremely effective, and it's. Um, so I'm reading a book. It's called Propaganda by oh I forgot who, something Edwards. I, I can't remember his name. Um, it's uh, it's included in your Audible subscription, sponsored by Audible. No, we're not. But um, uh, he tried to make propaganda about propaganda, and then talked about all the methods. And by doing so, he actually exposed how propaganda happens and how it works. Um, and it's been a known phenomena. Oh, I, I, probably more than centuries. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, totally. Be, because people are so, so influenceable. So influenceable. I think the biggest way to influence uh, through like, okay, so like to me, propaganda is taking a concept, showing an allegory of that concept and persuading somebody yes. to think about that concept the way that you're thinking about it. Oh, yeah. And, and um, the reason that I said it that way specifically is because I think for a long time, especially in Western culture, uh, art was the main propaganda tool. Yes. Because of the way that the courts, I mean, we're going back here, but like the way that the courts and the wealthy controlled how art was disseminated and consumed. Mm. And it wasn't until like what the turn of the modern era the what the 20th century that you really start to see the integration of like folk music making it to like the quote unquote mainstream so that it's accessible mm. to the masses. Uh, and so like this, we now live in this situation where you can consume any kind of music that you want, no matter how provocative, right? Like you yeah. can listen to, you can listen to music. That's like literally calling for the beheading of Joe Biden. Right. <laughs> Let's I, write a song. <laughs> yeah, let's write a song. You know, but like... It, Just for the satire it, of it. Yeah, and you can like... Oh, that'd be funny. Or like e eco-terrorists. You can listen to eco-terrorists like write music about how they're going to militantly kill people who are polluting the Amazon rainforest, right? And it's like this is really... Uh, but there's people that are even like... They're not as tongue-in-cheek with it as that. You know what I mean? Yeah. That like Kendrick Lamar's Dependa Butterfly is like the first thing I think of. Because I remember when I first listened to that and I was like, oh, he's literally calling for an armed revolution. Mm -hmm. He's calling for an armed revolution. He's saying the streets are going to be bloody and the rich are going to get killed. Mm. And it was so provocative. It's so provocative because there's like that Fox news interview where they were like talking about Kendrick Lamar and it was like so disgusting and he was perverting the minds of the youth. <laughs> Have you heard about this? And then he, no. his album, damn, he used it as a sample to start this, his next album. Oh, that's yeah, good. It's, it's sick. It's sick. Um, anyway, um, the thing for me with propaganda at this point though is like, I can't tell what is and isn't propaganda the same way I can't tell um, what is and isn't advertising anymore. So, oh, there's a famous quote. I forgot who said it. It might have been like Mark Twain or something, but it was news is printing. No, it might have been more recent than Mark Twain, so I, I apologize. But it's news is printing some something that someone else doesn't want printed. Everything else is public relations. I, okay, I saw that too. I feel um, like I saw it from like an alt-right adjacent person, but that doesn't make it like less true, but interesting. Yeah, well, that's just ironic from that. But Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I just, I mean, advertising is propaganda for their brand. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree um, with that. Have you seen how like sleek 
advertisements have gotten like we're almost to the point now where we're not going to have like commercial breaks and shows anymore. There's just going to be huge commercials within TV shows like your YouTube programs. Yeah. Like they're going to just the whole start. thing will be the commercial. Yes. I'm sure that's happened on, yes. on some level. Uh, yeah, I and it's like happening right before our eyes, you know what I mean? I was watching an episode of Community and the product placement in that episode was like so annoyingly abhorrent. I couldn't stop mm-hmm. like thinking about how like n- annoying that was. Mar- Marvel stuff is the same way. It's oh, like, all right, my which, God. which car company paid to have all of their oh, cars featured? Oh my God. Oh, this time it's Hyundai. Yes. Oh, this time it's Ford. Oh, it's this time it's so Audi. Oh, embarrassing. And it's like weird. every car they ever hop into is like a Hyundai. And <laughs> I just. It's very effective. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, th- that's yeah. kind of the thing is like, cause it uh, slips past your conscious mind and you see fucking superheroes get in a Hyundai and then it programs your subconscious yeah. to go buy a Hyundai. That's how yeah. it works. Yeah. It's that simple. I, I mean, yeah, it's like mind, a, mind control. People think that mind control, um, is really highly technologically advanced. And some are like, if you look into some weird electromagnetic patents, um, and they admit frequencies from monitors, um, th- there's Google patents for it, but those Google patents you showed me were nuts and they're fucking scary. They are um, very, the, how they have a patent on the Hertz of that screen. Yeah. You so like, they have, they have patents patent. on uh, fluorescent lighting for Hertz. Yes. So and like it's, they it's, have, they own the frequency, the intonation of a certain screen power that's the most hypnotic. Yes, so the, they own that. So when you turn on oh, a screen, it is we designed. Live in a dystopia, dude. It is oh designed to relax your brain into oh its most susceptible and receptive state for the messages that you are getting. Um, and you know, there's nothing wrong with liking a good TV show, even if it does have subliminals, which it almost guaranteed does. Yeah. Um, anything major, anyway. Yeah. Um, it's okay to like Game of Thrones, you know, but like until this kind of literal brainwashing mind programming becomes like inherent knowledge, guys, it's okay. Um, we're, it's going to be a problem and it's going to continue to be a problem. Yeah. Um, that's one of the reasons why I stopped watching a lot of TV. Here's my question though. Is, is it going to become... Is it going to become a problem, or is it going to get so good that we don't even know it's there anymore? Uh, I think that's happened to a lot of people. I already. think that's already. I think that's happened to me a bunch. Like, oh, it's happened to me. Well, dude, okay. what happens when you binge Netflix? You're in a trance for like twelve hours. Yes, you're and it feels so good, and you're. It feels so comatose. <laughs> it does. It literally feels like a coma. Yeah. It feels like a coma. Like there's times where I'll like binge Netflix and then I'll have a headache because I've watched for like six hours in a row. Doesn't matter how much I enjoyed it. I'm like at the end of that, I'm like, oh, I literally p- induced a coma. Yeah. Like to avoid my shit. Yeah. You well, know. And watching TV, even regardless about those patents, like if you go, if you see like a stage hypnotist, they're like, oh, driving's a form of hypnotism, and watching TV is, and it is because it takes 100% of your focused attention. Um, yes. So like, even if they didn't have those frequency generator patent stuff like just the act of watching tv is hypnotic yes i uh have a really outlandish conspiracy theory yes uh, let's it's hear kind it. of tied in this is like ridiculous so i've been following the rogan podcast joe rogan podcast for a long time um i have mixed opinions about it yeah. um 
I, I, I tend to, I'm not a fan of it, but I do observe it for its like pop cultural implications. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they went completely to Spotify, right? So they're no longer on Apple Podcasts at all, you or YouTube. You have to get them all through Spotify because mm-hmm. Rogan got that killer deal, right? I was wondering how that was going because that the podcasts on Spotify are horrible. Like it's so inconsistent. Like and like his have video, so if you want to watch it, you have to watch the video, or if you want to just listen, rather, you have to watch the video. Yeah, because it. it'll still play. It just drains your battery. Yeah. Just drains the battery on your phone. It's a horrible, horrible, horrible system that they have. Like as far as for practicality goes, but they're they're thinking on the macro perspective. Okay, um, I think that they're hemorrhaging. I think that Spotify's in a bad financial spot. Really? And here's why, dude. They bought that Rogan podcast with as much money as they did. This is my one like thread that I'm like trying to convince myself is unraveling them. Um, they wanted Rogan on their uh, streaming platform exclusively so that they could matriculate all of that those revenue, all of that revenue for clicks for advertisements, right? Mm-hmm. <sighs> So after this most recent Elon Musk episode, all of a sudden I got a notification on my Apple podcast because I don't use Spotify for podcasts, period. Um, I got this notification on my phone that Apple podcast had uploaded a Joe Rogan podcast. And I was like, there's no way. And Spotify uploaded a teaser (laughs) of Joe Rogan's podcast with Elon Musk onto Apple podcast, a 12 minute long teaser. Okay. Don't tell me that they're not in a bad spot if they're doing that. I don't know. Interesting. Okay, this is what I, I mean. Know. By it. It's like so outlandish. <laughs> just, just because, because companies, especially as big as Spotify, are constantly trying to advertise, no matter what. Sure, sure. So that would be my only thing well, with it. Now, here's here's the other thing too. Is like with a, like a Joe Rogan type um, who has that big of an audience. I always assume that they're compromised, whether or not he knows it. I, I think there's a good chance that he's a sleeper agent for I, the CIA. I think he's somewhat compromised because I think Joe Rogan, because he's had some interest, really interesting people on. I mean, he has scientists on, and he doesn't um, say stupid shit. It's awesome, and he's a good interviewer, respectively. And he he is, um, for people who don't know, especially early on in his career, Joe Rogan devoured self-help books, devoured them, all of them. Like anything from, you know, Think and Grow Rich to uh, The Power of Your Subconscious Mind. I think that was Joseph Murphy. I can't remember if that was the title. But he read all of them. So he is aware of this stuff, and he has consciously used it. (laughs) Guys, be nice. Guys, hey. The doggies. Um, So... He is highly aware and has used this stuff in his career to his success. And I think he does new thought stuff all day, every day. And um, I think he knows it works. And I think he's talked to enough people that he's probably gotten some kind of verification or proof. So I think when he does have those people on and he's like, oh, we can't get too woo-woo or that's a little weird. He's just saying that to placate the audience, the skeptical portion of the audience. Sure. I Um, I think that too. Um, when I say I think he's compromised, I think he might not know it. I think that the, this is very like left field, but I think that like with somebody like Rogan, um, I could very well see the CIA putting people around him 
Sure. Untrust like people that want the intelligence from him and all the things that he's like learning from all of these people. Cause he's a channel for all sorts of information well, that can't be controlled. Good yeah. and bad. That that's why I, I liked him better on YouTube because well, he was more independent. Yes. And dude, he has had some weird, weird people on since he went to Spotify. He had the CEO of uh, whole foods on Oh, geez. and he was trying to explain ethical <laughs> ethical capitalism yeah and he was explaining how like we need the marketplace otherwise like there won't be any economies it's like marxist economists would love to talk to you like right uh, so would every indigenous community in the world right now that doesn't have a marketplace yeah it's like stop it stop it with the the, stop it with like that this is the only way to do things that's so annoying but the the point that i'm getting at is like it just seems like he's had a lot of people on to like defend like really weird American ideals. Like dude, even his second episode with Elon Musk was interesting because they were, it was right at the height of the pandemic and they were talking about like Elon Musk just kept saying over and over again, well, if uh, you don't have people, uh, then you don't have stuff. And so if we want stuff, we need people to go. He said that in in more than one. We need people to go back to work. And it's like, so well, dude, honestly, fuck that guy. I'm so glad that, well, this is, I need to tread lightly when I say this, because this is, that's very cruel, but Elon Musk uprooted from uh, California, moved his whole operation to Texas. And the Tesla has been out of power for like four days. I've been keeping up with it and he's having a yeah. meltdown about well, it. Well, that was the thing. And it's, it's like, eat shit, dude. You went there before. Like, yeah, the they're like, we're independent. No government we have our own grid. Oh, we're out of power. Can we borrow power from the rest dude, of the it's states? So hilarious. And then have you heard the whole narrative <laughs> on how they're trying to blame it on clean or on green energy? Yeah, because they're like, the wind turbines froze up. And it's like, no, the rest of the U.S. Stop. operates on two massive grids. One half of the U.S., the other half of the U.S. If they lose power, they can borrow power from other states. Texas voluntarily was disconnected from those grids, and now they cry about it. And I, I genuinely feel bad for the people that are being affected by this. Oh, sure. Whether or not no, they it, agree it's not, with that, yeah, that doesn't it's, matter it's to me. It's not the little guy's score. fault, but it's... The sad thing is, is like, it's, it's more important to me. It's not a red issue or a blue issue. It's an institutional. The United States as an institution is a failed state. Yeah. No matter how you slice it. Yeah. No. And that doesn't mean where, there aren't good things in it. Where in this country has there been a win during the coronavirus pandemic? Um, Rush Limbaugh died. <laughs> fair enough. Yeesh. I mean, fair enough. But like, um, the they still call themselves the CDC, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. He did a great job, guys. You yeah. kn- knocked it out of the park. Like, and I mean, look, t- to be and, fair, they were they, stripped of their power. Okay, under but Trump. here's my argument: is how long are we going to continue to do that? Our he said, she said thing about like, well, the president did this and it stopped this right. thing from happening. It's like none of them actually do anything. Right. None of them actually do anything. This is an institutional error. They're all corrupt. They're I all do corrupt. agree with that. Donald did I not do wave his hands and go, uh, that's it. I want the CDC the compromised. He's well, just a, a malignant dipshit. That, that's why I think the president's just an archetype because behind the scenes, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people involved making arbitrary decisions and basically the president is just there to be the fall guy i've literally wondered before if the presidents aren't real and they're just robots i don't 
I know it's you're supposed to tread lightly when you say that kind of thing, but like I've I, I don't think they're literal robots, but I I do think they're groomed and conditioned. I think they're handpicked. Yep, I, I do think, too. Because I do. I mean, just read. You know, there's a few even mainstream books that essentially proves how powerful the intelligence agencies and the private corporations with these special asset access projects are. Like if you read, um, oh, what's it goddamn called? The devil, the devil's chessboard about the rise of the CIA. Oh, they've, word! They've been pulling. They've been pulling the strings since World War II. Do you think that the CIA killed Jeff, JFK? I do. I do too. Um, there is even in that book. There's pretty compelling evidence. It's not a hundred percent conclusory, but there's an interview with. Um, there's an interview with a CIA, a CIA guy who's now dead, who came a nut hair away from admitting that they killed JFK, but he said he wanted to protect his country or some I, kind of loyalty. I feel like I've read um, that. I have the book here. I got to show you that I, portion. Okay, deal. But, uh, I um. Do you think? Sorry, I'm. I'm just asking. He, like, he heavily. Of, I'll just say he heavily implied that they did it without outright admitting it. I wish I had the names. I know that sounds kind of vague, but I, I promise you the inf- information is valid if you read that book. Do you think that the CIA had a hand in preventing Bernie Sanders from being the Democratic nominee? Oh, yeah, for sure. I think, for sure. I think that the... Well, I don't know I if it's th- a, the CIA, but it's one of them. Dude, what if, what if... It's one of them. What if the Democratic Party is just a front for the CIA? I think both parties are a front for the CIA. I agree. I agree. I think <laughs> the Democrats are the... Uh, artsy fartsy puppet that the dreaming puppet yeah they, and they, the conservative, they appeal to yeah, the they're the sock puppet on the left hand yeah. right that's like convincing everybody that like we need to dream big and work hard that's like something that well fucking they, they portray the, the brand of like cooperation and the brand of compassion while actually not doing any of it in practice but it they go on tv and they say the words that people want to hear or don't want to yeah. hear to radicalize them in one direction or the other on our episode of polarity. That's what it's all about because well, it, it keeps people distracted. Yeah. Oh yeah. Especially when you like become really and controlled. If you get upset at politics, that means you are controllable. Yeah. That's, that's all I'm saying. Oh, and that's something I have to like reify every day. Cause I will read yeah. something political and let my feelings get hurt. Like when Rush Limbaugh died, one of the things that hurt my feeling or quote unquote hurt my feelings, something that like made me um, upset was seeing all of these shitting shit eating neoliberals who were like making jokes about Rush Limbaugh dying. Uh-huh. But like tears were rolling down their faces when I was making jokes about Ruth Bader Ginsburg dying. Yeah. And I'm not comparing Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Rush Limbaugh right. as the same sure. person. Yeah, they're not I, I do think that they are I, I think Ruth Bader Ginsburg definitely greeted Rush Limbaugh at the gates of hell though. Fuck them both with all due respect. I mean. Yeah, I mean, you know, there were <laughs> landmark decisions, but no one looks into her darker stuff. Wasn't there like some dude. trans or something? Oh, I, I can't remember. Dude, that's just the tip of the iceberg. There's like anti trans stuff. She's got and... a lot of baggage. She she had a lot of baggage. I can't remember the exact semantics, yeah. but even the way that she died is poetic. Got COVID from officiating a fucking wedding during the pandemic after they had done all of this marketing, all of this advertising. Yeah, to make people to stay make people stay inside. And, and it's like yeah. the the only people that didn't have to do it were the rich. Because you look at like Gavin Newsom, the governor of California. They took those pictures of him out to eat after they banned gatherings yeah. of more than eight people. And it's like, dude, how are these people still alive? Well, this is why 
Because, like, I don't, there, there's so much misinformation on COVID that I seriously, I don't know what to believe and I don't know what's real. But a red flag for me is these rich people essentially doing whatever the fuck they want and not caring or being that scared about it. That should be a red flag. No matter, you know, if the virus is real, if it's not, I, I mean, I had it and I had symptoms, but they're, they don't, behind the scenes, they don't seem to be that afraid of it. No. And, and that, the thing that's is, a red like, flag to It me. does break my heart to know how many people have died from COVID, and I don't want to delegitimize that. For sure. But the fear-mongering is yeah. so wild to me. So wild to me. Because it's like... The government has given us nothing to help with this, you know? Yeah. Like, they've given us nothing to help. So, I've, like, I do bills are still due. Rent's still due. Like, I still have to, like, make um, th- things meet. So, th- this is one of my conspiracies. Um, my, my conspiracy theories is I think that the government or the elite or whatever, they plan something about every eight to ten years to traumatize the populace to keep them afraid. Just like beans. Baby, it's okay. <laughs> um, that's my dog yapping. But, um, you know, because we got 9-11, yeah. which at a minimum was allowed to happen. Yes. Because uh, we had the intelligence information. Yes. Uh, before that, we had Y2K. Yes. Before that, we had Desert Storm. Yep. Before that. The financial cloud. Collapse yeah. of 2008. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And now COVID. It's because it's, it's really, it, we've been overdue. It's really you know, we gross had 2008. how they feel timed. It's really gross how they feel timed. Yeah. And the other thing is too is like now they're coming out in the open and they being the powers that be that control the media, and they're having people on that are suggesting that this virus was made in a lab in China. Yeah. I listened to a segment about that very thing from a biologist on CNN. You remember when you weren't even supposed to say that because it was sacrilegious yeah. to the state like eight months ago? Yeah. And now it's on CNN. Like none of this. Yeah. Re- well, they, like, they shuffled. Reality like, oh. is so vapid right now. Yeah. It's just all in the air, dude. Like nothing is real. No, like, that, that's the thing. In Chaos Magic, there's a essentially a tenant or a saying. You can say nothing is true. Everything is permitted. That's how powerful people play by the rules. Yes. They know that everything is made up bullshit. Money. <laughs> uh, Fame, fortune, and, all of it. Yeah, any rules. All rules are made up. Um, some are good, some are bad. Look, I think I that know. rules are really important, arbitrary indications of, like, boundaries. Sure. And I've actually been, like, really rethinking this because... I think one of the most important things you can do with art is make rules for it uh, so that you can scrutinize the rules. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's like what makes it fun, right? Like it's like a game at that point. Yeah. When people gatekeep punk music, I, it makes me want to lean into what they don't like to be a right. jackass, but also to be provocative and like yeah. be creative. It's like, uh, like crust punks that yeah. are like, you can't, you can't do that. It's like, watch me, dude. Yeah. Watch me. Well, I can, I can have a sec. I can't have a successful career and be a punk rocker. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, you sell out, you know. It's like like sorry, I want to feed I want to feed myself and go to the doctor yeah, for right. like less money than otherwise. Right. And and the thing is even is though like, the going to the doctor is also another gamble nowadays. Oh my god, dude. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. I was on uh Medicaid 
mm-hmm. when I lived in Vegas once the pandemic hit because I was like, well, I need health insurance. I got f- laid off. Yeah. And uh, I went to a Medicaid doctor in Vegas, and it was an absolute nightmare. Yeah. It was just an I, absolute I do nightmare. think there's like almost a 50-50 shot that the doctor makes it worse or more. I oh, mean, dude, nothing's worse than going into the doctor saying this is what's wrong with me and then just having them regurgitate grad school notes on physiology that they have. Yeah, and you're like, I read that on Wikipedia, Yeah, dude. it's like, no shit, jackass. Like, how about you treat me? I'm saying I don't feel good. Like, get to know me like a person. Like, don't just, like, sit there and just be a robot. And, like, I, I, I mean, I've had, like, really negative experiences with doctors all throughout my life. I've been, like, delegitimized and uh, yeah. misdi- misdiagnosed. Yep. I've been misdiagnosed Same. more than I've been diagnosed correctly. Okay. Mm-hmm. That, that was me and for the last 10 years what, on mental health. You know what made me want to, like, put my head through a wall was I had somebody who is a medical professional that's in my life say that that wasn't on the doctor. That that was on me. And I'm like, okay, then what's the point of me going to the yeah. fucking doctor then? Well, I think... You're right. You're, okay, if you're, if, if you're right in saying that, and I agree with you, I'm done going to the doctor. Yeah. Like, that's so ridiculous, dude. Well, I had a doctor tell me... I, I had to get a note, because I've had chronic insomnia um, ever since I was a kid, and I had to get a note for my work. And I had a doctor just tell me to my face, like, hey, if I had any of my patients give me this uh i would fire them i'm like dude you took an like the hippocratic oath to do no harm and you're spewing this fucking bullshit at me yeah dude (laughs) i dude like you're causing mental health trauma for like vulnerable people it's really gross it's so well and not just that you're reifying this idea that like and then he prescribed me 60 ambien oh i remember you telling me about this yeah Yeah. this is yeah, yeah 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 And I'm like, well, if I need my fix, I know where to go. Yeah, right. For real. Well, dude, that like in 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 rural Idaho, there are doctors that because they do. They didn't used to track Oxycontin sales in the state of Idaho <laughs> until within the last decade. That explains a lot. And so, yeah, dude, prescription drugs. We have some friends and peddled like candy yeah. all well, throughout and then the valley, dude. They give kickbacks and it's literal like the chemical composition and the effect on your opioid receptors is identical to heroin. Yes. It is. Oh, yeah. It is literally heroin in pill form. And yeah. th- the companies, oh, I forget who is it Eli Lilly or something. They pushed, they gave doctors basically commission on the pills that they sold. Right. So like they had, in, they incentivized doctors. I mean, that's a, a reason right there to, socialized healthcare. Yeah. Well, and Amer- it's like st- American medicine is a total joke. Like I'm not saying American medicine innovation. I'm talking about American practical medicine, like for the yeah. individual, for the patient in modern days is I, such I don't know if, a joke. You know, Cause dude. I'm 29. You're 26. Yep. Um, when we were kids, doctors, I don't, I don't know if I'm just remembering it through rose colored glasses, but they took much more time with their patients and I didn't feel rushed in and out. Um, they they seemed more compassionate. They seemed less stress. You know, it was like we're just gonna go go to the appointment, get in and out. And that's kind of how everybody felt when I was a kid. Yeah, yep. I, I don't know if it's because I was a kid or yeah. if I'm really remembering it. That's but um, I mean, this was the '90s, so it definitely was a different era. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Healthcare now is essentially like a legal scam, like insurance. Yeah. 
Um, it's really sad. I, I had a, I, a while back, I had a ton of kidney stones, so I paid to go see a kidney specialist who essentially just told me to drink a lot of water. Dude, and I'm like, I fucking knew that, dude. <laughs> that should I be that, that should be considered malpractice. Yeah, I'm like, like you're 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 a specialist. You're getting like two hundred dollars per like visit. Dude, Holy shit! It reminds me of this thing. <laughs> I uh, when I lived in Vegas, we couldn't get the lights to come on in the bathroom, so we called an electrician to come check it out. Uh, he was one hundred seventy five dollars an hour. Yeah. Okay. And the electrician comes and he showed us that there were these two buttons on the uh, power socket in the bathroom and you just have to press the reset. And he charged and it, you. He he tried. He was like, yeah, I need 175 for the bill. Now you know that he's like, that was a $175 mistake. Now you know. And I was like, you're like, no, you, I was like, are you sure? Uh, like I'll pay you $20 for a I console. Didn't, I didn't know maybe. how to explain like how like not yeah. cool I was with that. I, the worst part is, is we ended up paying it. Um, uh, um, they do that though. But like, dude, the other, thing, the other thing though is like, that's how I feel with like a doctor. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, like if I go to the doctor and you're going to like piss on my head and tell me it's raining, I'm not going to pay you. Yeah. Like fair, plain and simple. As far as I'm concerned. I mean, I granted I'm, I'm gambling in a different realm as far as like yeah the uh, social and the monetary repercussions of that. But like, it just comes back to this idea of like, the hero worshiping of like medical professionals sometimes like I, cause I used to be that person. Yeah. I was like, dude, like medical professionals, man. Well, that's then, part of the propaganda and then I, in media. And then I like hey, actually like needed medical help and I just got the shit end of the stick one too many yeah. times, dude, one too many times. And, and you know what the worst part was? I spent most of the time convinced it was my fault. Oh, I was like, yeah. I was like, oh, well, that's, I, I didn't that's explain the biggest it well trick. Enough. That's I the biggest trick well of enough. capitalism is they love to blame the consumer. Yes. Because it's always like, it's your own fault. You need to take responsibility. And it's like, well, if you've been advertised sugary drinks your entire life and you don't know any better, they're not telling you the health effects. Why, why is that on you? Yeah. Like, why are you putting that on the consumer? Yeah. They've been mind controlled and brainwashed for their whole life to drink Coca-Cola dude. I, uh, and then they blame the consumer. That's the biggest trick of capitalism is blaming the consumer. I, the biggest. So <laughs> I did one of those like virtual, like counselor consultations. Oh, like a better help or something. Yes. Sponsored horrible. by better help. Horrible experience, dude. Um, yeah. Well, they're she basically me therapist cam girls. She, yeah, she asked. <laughs> that's very well put, dude. Dig this. She asked me what was going on in my life. I told her this is like my dad had passed away. It had been about three months. I was in a very low, dark place. I did the whole thing, and she goes, "You know what I think you need? Drugs. I think you need a new wardrobe." Oh my god! And I was like, "Is this uh, what? Is this like queer eye?" <laughs> it was so weird how she said that. Like, I think you need a new wardrobe. Like, I was that'll like, put some pep in your step. Away. I was blown away. I was like, fuck you. That's so yeah. weird to say. Yeah. And that, I, that made me really jaded to uh, counselors for a long time. That's too, the thing from there. It took me several tries to find a good therapist. Oh, God. I, I hate being with bad therapists. I, I, I would say, and that's the other thing you have to pay to go to a therapist just to see if it works out. So you're paying whatever a hundred or more an hour. And you're like, well, I hope I vibe. I hope they're a good therapist. And if they don't, I still have to pay the fucking bill. Even if they fucking suck. Like I had a therapist 
um, who just called in sick on me like two or three times. And then they had their office called me and said they were, she was closing down her practice at that office. And I was like, what are you fucking doing, dude? It will enjoy my like $300 or whatever that I gave you for the few sessions that I was able to have. Like, <laughs> yeah, love I, that I for just, me. Love just, that. It's so, more than a car payment. Yeah. So, <laughs> seriously. It's so confusing. I'm just like, that's the thing with like our, our like Western medicine is it just doesn't ever feel like it's actually fixing anything. Yeah. Well, and you know, the more I learn about formal education, cause you know, you have to get a master's in psychology. <laughs> well, the quality ver- varies greatly depending on where you go and not only where you go, but who happens to be your professors at the time. Totally. Um, college is, uh, just an anti poor gatekeeping practice for yeah. good jobs. It's a, it's a place for the bourgeois um, to send their children to network with other bourgeois so that they can make other bourgeois and yeah. keep their bloodlines pure. Yeah. It's, it's literally eugenics diet eugenics. Yeah. It's, it's so um, gross, dude. You know, cause it, it doesn't matter. College your, it doesn't so much. It doesn't matter your reason, your real life qualifications. And I'm getting a degree, but to play the game because I know I have to do this bullshit to get to like my next level in my quote career. The Um, only reason I went to college, the only reason I went to college was because I was told that I was going to. Yeah. If I had listened to my heart, I wouldn't have even finished high school. Yeah. I would. I'm not saying this is good or bad. I I hated it. Well, I enjoyed high school, but I was a terrible student, dude. Like I barely graduated. Barely. I, I I was pretty bad. I wanted to drop out a like, uh, halfway through my senior year of high school, I was like, Dude, I just want to drop out and go on the road. And I remember like my parents not taking that well, and that's fine. But high school diplomas well, are meaningless it, at this point too. No, Dude, they will still no. Th- even for like the low level jobs, they'll take the high school guy. Dude, I still I think right now. Okay, let me let me rephrase. If I wanted to go into a technical trade or I wanted to do something where I uh, developed a skill set like that. I don't think having a GED versus having a high school diploma is going to like really no. set me apart. As a matter of fact, I think for demographics sake, and this is me spitballing, I think you could potentially look better having a GED than a high school diploma if you're going into something like that because you're like the you're rags like, to riches story. Yeah, you're like, oh, you're I dropped a, out, but yeah, I went back. And, piece for them. Yeah. But the thing is, though, it's it's still a very good idea to get these pieces of paper just be, to play the game is it but it sucks what does it do different it opens doors it placates I, it placates the system i'm I, not saying that's a good thing i'm just saying I, it I makes suppose, it easier for you i suppose if you're person. like into it and it, here's the thing is like my my thing that i wanted to do um how i studied it academically was a ponzi scheme studying music academically in at, in a higher institution, I'd say arts in is, general is a 100% Ponzi scheme. Here's the thing: you are paying the salary of the professors that are teaching you music with your student loans that you're taking out. You pay their salary; they're paying off their student loans that they took out yeah. to pay their professors' salaries. It's this vicious cycle, and it's like it's because if there isn't the college then there's no job for a clarinet player unless you're in the orchestra, right. in a major symphony orchestra. Otherwise, you're teaching clarinet lessons to an undergrad that mouth breather, right? 
Like, and look, I'm not like shitting on them. I'm just saying like, if you want to talk about supply and demand, that's artificially created. Right. Yeah. But like, that's the crude interpretation of it. Cause I don't think that's the case, but you like, look at like the way that art is like standardized in academia and it's just a total joke. Now, I think it's important to have arts programs just for the healing aspects of it. But as far as like a focus in academia, it's essentially meaningless. Yeah. Yeah. And I hate to say that. I'm also, I mean, I, you know, you might learn a lot about music and your instrument. I should also say that I'm biased because I like my, I, again, I wasn't a super good student, a conventionally good student. When I want to learn something, I learn the shit out of it. Right. Like me learning as much as I've learned about music had nothing to do with going to college. It had to do with me wanting to learn about music. I would have learned about it either way. Yeah. Because you love it. Yeah. That's why. Because I was fascinated You're by gonna it. You're going to learn it's it like, if you love it. And and so that's the kind of the thing that like drives me nuts is like, because I know that there's people that are going to listen to this and be like, you're literally shitting on going to high school, going to college. My idea is like, they weren't for me. And it's like, I forced myself through both. And it's like now I'm not better off for them. I, I'm thankful for the people I met. I'm thankful for the lessons that I learned. And maybe it's selfish. Maybe this is nearsighted and I changed my mind. But like in this moment, I can't help but think like that, that, wasn't, that wasn't necessary. Beans, come here, buddy. Um, so the problem with public education is that it's structured to create working drones. Yeah. Um, and this is why I think so. Um, if you look at, look into again the early 20th century elite stuff, you have the Rockefeller Foundation. Beans, beans, buddy, come here. Uh, you have the Rockefeller Foundation donating massive amounts of money to the public education. Well, there are strings attached with that money. You now have to, hey, we're gonna give you these millions. You gotta structure. You gotta You gotta structure your classes like this, and you gotta do this kind of curriculum. Um, and that's what we've been stuck with. If it's been, if it restructures around the actual needs of actual everyday people, and they teach you real things like taxes and personal finance, maybe we wouldn't have such. <laughs> or, or what if beans? Okay. Come here, hey, buddy, buddy. What if the issue, like, so I've, I've, I've heard that before. Like, I remember there's like this forwards from grandpa that goes around Facebook all the time. At least it did when I was on there like a couple years ago of like, how come I learned the Pythagorean theorem, but I never learned how to balance a checkbook. And it's like, okay, first of all, cool. Second of all, like, <laughs> um, my big thing with that is like, why do I need to learn either of them if I'm not interested in them? Why can't I explore disciplines too. of things that I'm curious by? Yes. That's, that's where I want to see academia go. Um, personally, I've got some friends that are elementary music educators and they have like th these two that I'm thinking of in particular, there's three of them really that I've talked to about what they're doing. They're all cut from very similar cloth, good folks. Um, and they're all like about like getting the kids to like wonder about shit. Yeah. And Peaking I, curiosity. I wish that all academia was like that. Like, there's no way I could go back to college, uh, like a traditional, like, yeah, like a brick and mortar yes, like, university. Go to because I don't, lecture. I don't want to take a sociology introduction to sociology class. No, I don't. It's have terrible. Any desire? I have or, zero desire. 
and I like, and yeah, then it's I, like, but like, here's the thing: is like the discipline, the do, but do, but do the discipline. It's like, okay, I I'm down to be disciplined in the things that I'm passionate about. Like I I've practiced my instrument for nine hours a day for days and days and days and days and days and days and days. And days. For a lot of my life, I have practiced the instrument because it's what I care about, right? You don't get a good return on investment on that. Like, you don't clock in, clock out when you practice on the instrument on, like, a level of, like, monetary gain. You do on, like, a spiritual and, like, a beneficial gain yeah, of being able to express a yourself. personal self-development um, and, like, a mental But it comes back to that same idea of it's just, like, what am I trying to accomplish with this exactly? Anyway, I don't mean to, like, beat the... I don't know how I got to this place. And then I'm like, yeah, and school sucks. <laughs> I just like, I'm so jaded, you know, but I, I think I don't, I don't think I'm an exception to the rule either. No, I, I think I, that's most people's experience. When I lived in Vegas, I met a lot of people that didn't finish high school. Yeah. That were doing fine. Well, a lot of people that didn't finish high school that were doing fine. They were like, I couldn't finish it. I hated it. Yeah. And they, and they so, should be able to leave. And, and Las Vegas has, they should be. has, uh, they're definitely not good with education, but I mean, compared to my hometown, 10,000 people, you could like go like get a technical trade thing or go study something like this and go out and go do it. That's how I got my career. It's just IT certifications. Yeah. Which is badass. And it was the information that I needed to know. No, no filler bullshit. Like I'm doing now in, in college. I hate the filler classes so yeah, much. It's lame. I, I literally, I'm not one of those people who like wants a beautiful GPA. I'm like learning my bare minimum to pass at, at least the super shitty classes. Yeah. Because I feel like I shouldn't have to be su subjected to them anyway. And I'm like, what even is? Ugh. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's stupid and it's a scam. It is. Um, there, there are kernels of good. In definitely. There, too. There There's always kernels are. Kernels of good. There always are. Um, but you shouldn't have to have a high school diploma or a college degree to make a comfortable living. Yeah, dude. Why? If you're good at something, if you don't spell well, but you're good at working with your hands, why can't you go be a plumber or something? You know, like, right. Well, dude. And it's like, uh, and it's, by the way, all the plumbers I know spell really well. So it, that's not a slight. Not only that, but <laughs> when I was a kid, I, there was people in my life who said like, you need to stay in school or you'll end up being a plumber. And plumbers make. What does that mean now? Plumber makes plumbers make more money than most academics. Plumbing it was recession proof. Plumbing is pandemic proof. Like, uh, if you want to, if you want a job that will never go away, go into something that deals with things that people use every day: yeah. electronics, plumbing, electric electricity stuff, um, internet. At this point, yeah, In, yeah, information technology, IT, is extremely important. Um, software programming. I mean, like repairs. Yes. Mechanic on stuff the, on the physical level. Yeah. 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 Like it. I mean, if you go into a field that requires, you know, barbers stuff. Yeah. Yeah. People, you know, they need haircuts. They need, that's what made they me need their power on. I wanted to, just yeah. to, to get into a trade where I can be my own boss and choose how often I want to be doing it. And, like, the other thing is, like, I'm totally fine with having, like, multiple careers throughout my life. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm fine with, like, barbering for a decade, decade and a half, two decades, and then being like, that was fun. I'm done. Yeah. No harm, no foul. Like, or do some barbering and do something else at the same yeah. time. If, like, I get the, if I get the message and it's time to hang up the phone, I don't want to be like, oh, I got to do this for 
15 more years than I can go golf in St. George. Yeah, then I can live like, the last 15 if, years of my life. I don't want to live my life <laughs> to get to my retirement. That no. is something I'm genuinely afraid of. Um, yeah, and that was heavily propagandized. Oh, like they're like, yeah. get your 401k, get do, your pension, you, get your... There, there's a, a video clip circling, circulating right now of an Obama-era representative. Uh, he was over at the Department of, like... I didn't, it couldn't have been the Department of Labor. It was not Secretary of Labor. There's an Obama rep who's relatively notor- notable. I, I feel bad because I don't know names. I'm like, this is he said, she said, water cooler talk. But he was making the case that um, the retirement age should be moved later mm-hmm. and that people like are retiring too early. And that's the reason that they're unhappy and like all this shit. I, I'm doing a terrible job of describing this with no information, but it's like just so on the nose. Like the quote unquote retirement age. Well, I'm 65. Now I don't have to work anymore. I no longer have to work what ever again. What does that mean? That's so weird. Yeah. And like, well, it, it's gross that you can't like, I think labor is an inherent part of living. Like, cause if you look in nature, you would have to do labor to create a shelter and get food, but there's a lot less labor involved in that than what we're doing nowadays. Yes. Uh, at least as far as like hours invested. Um, and there's like theories as to this is why meditation is so beneficial because primitive man had a lot of their day was boring. They didn't have a lot to do. So you sat and contemplated and we've essentially erased that from at least you know, our, our modern Western culture. Well, the, the history, the anthropological history of sentience is directly correlated with our food source. So when we were nomadic and we were hunting and gathering, all we did all day long was go look for food. And mm-hmm. so we, our, our minds were pretty simple. It was eat food, build shelter, reproduce. Right. Yeah. But then once we started cultivating the earth and farming, then we started leaving daylight. Time. Yeah. And that's yeah. when we started to think. Mm-hmm. It was because we had all this time to like do shit. And that's, I, in the back of my mind, I can't help but think that that's why like the 40 hour work week is so like propagandized and like, mm-hmm. um, just worshiped in this country in yeah. particular, because if they cut the work week to 30 hours, 20 hours, um, people would start reading marks, <laughs> Yeah, you know? And then they'd be like, Oh dude, robots are coming. I don't even need to work. I can literally be yeah. sitting around thinking and creating art all the time. Yeah. And or relaxing and just swimming every day and just and taking a walk in the yeah, park. And just living. It's, it's, it's so wild to me, dude. I mean, you know, I've thought about, um, I have a fantasy of getting enough, taking my skill set and essentially either contracting or just doing my own one-to-one thing. Great idea. Because, you know, I figured out with the amount that I can charge, um, I could make roughly the same amount if I worked like 20 to 30 hours a week. But if, you know, instead of giving a giant portion of my paycheck to my employer, I kept the money Yeah, <laughs> for doing basically the same work, then I could work almost half as much as I do now. And, but then, but, but then what are you going to do with that time? Are you going to, are you going to start a business? You know <laughs> what I mean? It's like, uh, I, I'm I'm being a jackass. I'm just saying, like sometimes you'll like pitch that idea to somebody, and I'm like supportive of that. That leaves right. ti- that leaves time right there. It leaves time for the, me to play my drums every day, dude. That's that's what I'm getting at. It's like, <laughs> sorry, I did a poor job of describing no, that, good. but it's it, like it's like, well, what are you going to do with all that free time? 
hang with my dogs. Yeah, not to, like here's the thing. Like I actually uh-huh. had a really interesting uh, conversation with my coworker where I don't ever want to get promoted in a retail position because um, I like not answering my phone when I'm not on the clock. If my re- if my employer calls me, mm-hmm. like they can they can fuck off, right? I don't have anything against them, but like I'm I'm not management there. So like if I'm not on the clock, I'm not I'm not coming in. I'm not doing anything because I'm mm-hmm. not working when I'm not scheduled. And the thing is like. I'm sorry, but I gave you 40 hours of my time. Like the rest of this shit is mine. Even if that involves me like getting pissed drunk or sitting on my ass and doing nothing. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to do anything. What if I want to do nothing? That's the best part. I don't have to be productive for 16 hours a day. Productive culture, <laughs> productive culture is extremely dangerous too. Well, like when it when it goes to got to constantly be like time is money. It's like well, oh my it, god. It's different if the productivity is for projects that you're like passionate on. Like yeah, if, then you're not you're, thinking about it as productivity. Yeah, if you're building like chairs or like you know you're doing your woodworking or you're doing your hobbies. Like um, Mitch Horowitz is one of the most productive people I've ever seen. Sure, but because he fucking loves it, like. He's doing what he wants, mm-hmm. um, and he's also making money at it. Mm-hmm. But you know that's okay if you sleep four hours a night if you're doing what you love every day or working towards an end that you desire. Yeah, that's totally fine. Yeah, but it, it's just like I'm gonna go be like a C level executive and I'm gonna work. 60 hours a week and I'm going to spend half that time in meetings and like, Oh my God. Do you have fun? That's why, that's why they attract sociopaths. Yes. Because sociopaths have fun manipulating other people. Well, not only that, like, dude, have you ever, that's why it's fun uh, to them. Have you ever met the guy that's like married to his job? Yeah. And he like avoids his family at home to come to his job and like, well, I need to be inclusive. She, she they yeah yes (laughs) well put well put yeah the girl bosses of the world who also lady boss like like boss babes yeah for real the (laughs) ones that also like avoiding their family and shit like that you know um for the sake of work and productivity like i i worked with this guy and let me mute that one second okay so we had a retrograde moment yeah for real um and again my hardware cut out I just want to close up this last thing. Uh, I worked with this guy who great worker, older guy. And when he'd come into work, he would just work his ass off. And then he would come in and he was, uh, right when he was about to finish his shift and I was like, just getting there, he would like have a hard time going home, getting off the clock. Yeah. And it was because he hated his life outside of work so much. He would find excuses to like stay. And it made me so sad. And I like made a promise to myself then that I would never like become that, dependent on like my job that yeah, to distract you from your real life yeah it's a problem that's a that's shadow work stuff i think oh my god Uh, and i've been there like a few years ago i've you know there was a portion of time where i was like somewhat of a workaholic and i was i mean i wasn't like drunk every day or an alcoholic but like i was having a drink almost every day you know um because I didn't want to face the facts of, you know, certain things that I was going through in my life. Yeah. Um, I was repress- repressing it with my job, staying late and all that. Yeah, that's a fun, that's a fun place to end. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, 
the lessons that we've learned is uh, learn all of the magic and new thought you can and build your dream life. That's what I would recommend. Yeah. Um, yeah that's sure. what uh, we're working on. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess we'll wrap it up here. Um, hopefully your retrograde wasn't too taxing. I know uh, I yeah. I ran into several obstacles. This was well, I including did. recording this episode. We had we canceled like three or four times recording because just stuff kept coming up and yep. coming up and coming up. But all good, all good in the hood. Yeah, for real. Um, if you want, if you feel like our podcast has been helpful and uh, you want to hear from us a little more often, um, help me buy a better interface. Yes. Um, you can send a donation. The link is at linktree slash fake magic. And that's uh, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash fake magic. And it's magic with a K at the end. Um, we're also working on getting a Patreon up and running. We might have some fun goodies for subscribers. And it'll be at that same link tree. And follow us on Instagram at fake magic pod, all one word, and magic is spelled with a CK at the end, and then Twitter at fake magic. So, uh, yeah. Love y'all. Love you, gang. Bye bye.